putting the energy into your personal health and development is extremely important. And I think making time at the cost of a, a meeting or getting up early, like, you know, for me, I made the shift to start waking up at 5 a.m. because all of a sudden my productivity and my ability to do something for myself became available between the hours of 5 and 6 and 6.30. Welcome, everybody, to The Chris Harder Show, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success, knowing that when good people like you make good money, they can then do great things. My name is Chris Harder, and several times per week, I will bring you epic guests, solo episodes, and every single tool, trick, and skill set you need to grow your business, grow your money mindset, and to grow your wealth to levels that you have never reached before. I've ended up in a unique place in life where I've got the experience, the connections, and all of the secrets that it takes to be successful. And I'm lifting the curtain to reveal it all to you in an effort to help put you in a position of abundance so great that you can then be as generous as possible. So let's lock arms and let's get started. Hey, everybody, welcome back to The Chris Harder Show, where we absolutely believe that both prosperity and generosity can and must coexist. And I'm sitting down with a really, really, really good dude today who totally represents that in life, Chris Bernie Bernard. Now, he is the founder of MindRight Good Mood Superfoods, which Lori and I are investors in, along with a whole bunch of incredible celebrity investors. And Bernie has over 20 years experience of crushing it in brand building and bringing products to life and marketing and distribution. And so we're going to do a deep dive on what steps you would take and what it might cost you if you wanted to get a product off the ground. Let's say you wanted to start a shake or a bar or a drink or any kind of product. We're going to walk you through what your steps would be and what kind of money you would expect to need to do that successfully. Then we're going to talk about raising money and specifically how to land celebrity investors because that's exactly what Bernie did. He landed some of the biggest names in celebrity investing. Then we're going to talk about this concept of happy hustlers, how he balances family and a startup at the exact same time tips on how to do that successfully. And of course, we're going to end this thing with a giveaway because what's a show about generosity if we're not being generous with you? So make sure you make it all the way to the end in order to find out how you can win several boxes of Mind Right Good Mood Superfood Bars. Guys, I swear to God, I'm so addicted to these things. I eat them every single day. They're so freaking good and they make you feel good. So you'll find out how you can win a box of this yourself at the end. And by the way, if you want to start your day in a good mood every single day, let me text you. Let me text you right when I wake up every single morning, either a positive money mantra, so you got your mind right around your money, or a positive business perspective. I've been doing this for over a month now to a couple thousand of you, and I love it. It's my favorite thing I do, and it's totally free. And there's no strings attached. It was an idea that Lori had because I wake her up to a mantra every day. So if you want me to put you in a good mood every single morning when you wake up, then all you have to do is text the word daily to me at 310 0416. Text me the word daily to 310-421-0416. And I will text you first thing when I wake up, something that is going to put you in the most abundant, freaking, ready to tackle the day mood ever. So get ready, listen up, take some notes. Because if you've ever wanted to start a product, bring it to market. This is the guy to learn from. Let's go. All right, Bernie, welcome to the show, man. How you doing? Thank you for having me. I'm doing great. So I've got to start with asking you this. When I listened to you on Rob's show, I heard the part where Rob has been calling you Chris, way into your relationship of starting MindRight together. And 
you finally, I forget if you finally told him, hey, I go by Bernie or somebody else did. And he's like, man, why didn't you tell me this whole time yeah. that you wanted to be called Bernie? So where does, where does that come from? Why is it Bernie and not Chris? Well, it's, listen, I met my wife when I was 28, 29, and she, it, she just started calling me. Everyone called me Bernard. My okay. name has been Bernard since I played sports in, in elementary school. And it was always Bernard through high school and Bernard to college. And then she met me and everyone called me Bernard and she heard it and just Bernie stuck with her. So my loved ones call me Bernie and everyone around me just started calling me Bernie and it just stuck. And when we moved from New York to California, she'd introduced me to all of her friends as Bernie. Yeah. Cause she's from here. I'm from New York and it's just evolved into I've become Bernie. Before we talk business, tell me about New York. Tell me about your upbringing a little bit. What should people know about yeah. how you were raised, where you're raised? Yeah, I was raised in uh, Westchester County, New York. Um, I grew up, my mom essentially raised me. Uh, my dad wasn't really around much when I was growing up. He, for lack of a better word, liked to fast track his success in ways that probably not uh, the most legal Yeah, and ran into some trouble and uh, wasn't around for a lot of my life. But um, my mom did a great job at just hustling and busting her ass and making a life for my brother and myself. And uh, went to college in, uh, in Westchester County at a school called Iona College for Business. Graduated in 2000 and um, got into action sports. Uh, lived and breathed action sports, snowboarding. Went to work for Burton Snowboards. I was fortunate enough to get this uh, amazing opportunity with that brand and uh, became a regional rep for them as an independent contractor. So I had to form my own business and build a team and represented them for nearly 16, 17 years. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to mom raising you, dad not being around. What was something you learned that you use now or a superpower that you got from mom and even from dad because of that situation? Yeah. Well, you know, that's really interesting. So let's, let's start with my mom. I mean, it's resilience. Mm-hmm. She... Probably couldn't be the mom that she wanted to be in her mind. But to me, seeing her, you know, be resilient and kick ass and just go to work and she'd work nights and she worked seven to seven at night. Wow. And I'd see her go. It was terrible. But it was actually kind of awesome too, because I was like 10, 11 and my brother was younger. Get freedom and, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. But props uh, to mom, props to all the moms or dads out there working, you know, 12 hour days like that, trying to raise kids. That's amazing. And um, it's just, it was the resilience, right? The resilience of being able to just do what you have to do to get to the next level. And, and she worked her ass off. And, and I always recognized that, you know, she couldn't be at all my hockey games or she couldn't be the soccer mom or, but, um, you know, her work ethic and, you know, the way she tried to raise my brother and I, were, it, it, it meant a lot to me. And I always recognized that. My dad, you know, while you would have resentment. It was actually what has fueled me as an entrepreneur because I got to see someone make every single mistake and do things the wrong way and try to take shortcuts. And it has fueled me to a point where like, I know those are the things that I will never do. And those are the things I'll never be. And it's fueled me across my craft as, as an entrepreneur and in my personal life. Dude, that's powerful. I mean, that's a pretty strong lesson to take into building companies because you're right. You take the shortcuts, you, you do a few things that might be in the gray and before you know it, everything collapses, right? Because it's always going to catch up with you. So that's one hell of a lesson, one hell of a gift that he gave you probably inadvertently that he did not intend on giving you. 
100% inadvertent. That's amazing. That's cool. Okay. So when then did you know that you were meant to be an entrepreneur and go through all the yeah. stuff that comes with that versus working for somebody else? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. I, I can go back to when I was in elementary school and um, I would sell skateboard parts to friends because my, my, um, my, my dad's office at the time was next to this bike shop and the bike shop had gotten into skateboarding, but he couldn't get the skateboard kids there. So he said, Hey, here's the list. And I was like, I'll go sell it to my friends. And I marked it up 20%. And <laughs> it was just like a little, I was like, this is it. Like I love selling things and sharing things with friends and treating like a business as this wonderful share for everyone around me. So I've known my whole life. Um, you know, I think out of college, I got the job with Burton and I became an entrepreneur through that. You know, I was, it wasn't my own products, but it was my own business. I had my own PL to run. I had my own staff, uh, all of their healthcare needs, everything that went along with running my own business, except managing and developing your own product, which is the part that I ultimately was really drawn to when I decided to leave in uh, 2016. It's uh, and then here you are now. How you and I know each other through yes. MindRight. Lori and I are investors in MindRight. Got my bars right here. And um, Rob Deerdeck introduced us. I think it was Rob, right? Yes, Rob. And uh, made that introduction so that Lori and I could become investors in in your latest venture. So I want to quote TechCrunch because they said it was only a matter of time before someone married the nootropic supplements for brain health to the snack bar craze, and that that guy was you. So tell me about forming MindRight. Where'd this idea come from? How'd you end up working with Rob? And, and then we'll take it from there. Yeah, it's, you know, where do I start? Let me start with MindRight. And then I'll, we'll go back to me right. and Rob. Um, I think MindRight is the culmination of like the age old story of 25 year old that blinks his eyes and all of a sudden he's 40 and he has four kids and he's running multiple businesses and he's got to, all of a sudden things start to slow down when you hit 40 and it's, it becomes more and more challenging. And, um, you know, being your best at all of those things that are in your life at that point, at this age, it gets to become more challenging. So when you start to do some research, as, as I did, and you're looking for alternative ways to increase your mood and your energy and your focus, you quickly realize that a lot of these things are still in my control. It's, it's, not, it's not just nature's going to take you down and you got to deal with it. There's a lot you can do to better yourself and better the way you feel and your energy and your focus. And I kind of went on this mission to like understand how nutrition and diet played a role in that, how exercise and meditation and how important my sleep was. And it just became this journey of like, hey, I love food. There are these ingredients. I'm looking at trends. And when you look at trends in supplements and, and you start to see this hockey stick in, in the supplement category um, for condition-specific type items like brain and mental health, uh, nootropics, adaptogens, this hockey stick curve is coming. You often see that start to shift and make its way to food and beverage. Mm -hmm. And we've seen that with probiotics. We've seen that with collagen. We've seen that with um, sleep support. It's all starts in supplements and makes its obvious shift into food and beverage. I wanted to get ahead of that. And I love the idea of um, putting this suite and this platform of products that really helped target your mood and your energy and your focus. The bars, and I'm not saying this because Lori and I are investors, are, I eat one or two a day. Like I'm addicted to these things. They're, they're so freaking good. How long did it take you to 
go from, hey, I should marry these two things to actually having something like this that you knew was a winner? I mean, for me, so after Burton, I had invested in a food and beverage brand of my own. Um, I'm sorry, a food brand. It was called Buff Bake. Yep. And um, I went in as the CEO and I, I got my, my PhD in, in learning how to build food brands, working with manufacturers, how to R&D, how to go to market um, with the food products. I was really drawn to the manufacturing side and R&D. I really loved building the products, putting the products so when it came to this, I knew there. I know what products are easy to put to market and what would marry well with these ingredients. And the bar is the starting point. You know, we have a, a platform of other products coming, um, but the development cycle in that particular item, we had 13 different versions. As you and Lori know, it's, you, you want to get it perfect, and 13 was our lucky number. And it took about four months. Four months to get to like, we feel really good about this. And you did you bring the bar to Rob? Like, how did that marriage yeah. come, come up? Okay, so so Rob and I met um, as I decided that I'm ready to try something new. I had this concept. He and I met. Uh, I when you know I tell the story a lot. I didn't know exactly what you know Rob's business was as an entrepreneur. I didn't understand his mm-hmm. his uh, his method and his his team. And I went to him with. With actually with Buff Bake to try to pitch him on being an investor. Oh, okay. Because I'm like, okay, he wants to meet me. So I'm, let me bring this product and I'm transitioning anyway. But it would be really nice to leave someone like Rob in this business as I tr- transition out. And he's like, uh, tell me your story. And I, he's like, from the day you left the womb to <laughs> the day you sat down here in front of me. And I told him my story as I'm telling you right now. And, and uh, he left me with about three minutes left to pitch Buff Bake. Pitched and buff bake. Those are great. I really like you. I'd like to keep you in mind for future concepts and ideas. And, and that's kind of how the relationship started. We started back and forth with some concepts and ideas. And then I had, you know, really gotten what was called feed your brain. And that was the working concept. I had gotten into a really good place that I felt really good about. I brought it back to him. And when I got there, I had a, um, it was everything but um, handcuffed to my wrist. This beautiful silver case, uh, and in it was coffee creamers, uh, nut butters, uh, um, energy bites, the bars. It was all put Every together. Every possible way you could put like adaptogens and nootropics yeah. into foods. All the things that I felt, and I had worked hard for for thirty days to get these products together. I worked with a formulator that I knew and I've trusted. And and he was so excited about the opportunity because he hadn't seen anything like it as a formulator, um, but knew the ingredients well. So it just never, you know, the concept was never crossed and he jumped in and helped me and we put together stuff. I pitched it to Rob and he was just, I'm in. He loved it from the, the moment we finished the conversation and we just started the journey together. All right, so let's talk about all the people listening. Our typical listener, they're an entrepreneur of, of some sort, and a lot of them have a product they want to create. So right. what's your advice to that beginner who's never done this before? You've done this before, but what's your advice to the people who have never done this before? And they say, I've got the best idea for an energy drink or a bar or a shake or whatever their idea is. How did they get that started? How did they do this? Yeah, I think it's you know coming up with your unique selling position, whatever that might and, and to you, you might have a vision that, you know, you know, nine out of 10 people that you ask won't see it. There's that one person. And 
I get a lot of feedback and advice from your friends and family, mm-hmm. people, people that you trust, or find a way to people that have done it and pitch your idea. I'd you know, often think- say, not to jump in there, but I'd often say yeah. your friends and family are not going to be very good sounding boards because they're going to tell you what they want to hear or mom wants to cheer you on. Dad wants yeah. to seem supportive. Go to people who have already done it. Right. People that are not attached to making you feel good. Go run your ideas by those people. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. Sometimes I like that, that mix of like, encouragement. Right. <laughs> yeah, encouragement is nice, but Don't also up too much. But you, you're completely right. Like, go to the people that have done it before. I think, um, you know, building a team of, of notable people that have worked in that space or that craft and, and, and bring them on board. Understand the opportunity and the problem that you're trying to solve. Create a clear solution. Identify the market size. Um, you know, and just get your products to a point that you can really clearly define what. I call your three C's and that's your, your clear call to action, the consistency that you're going to build around the product, and identify the community that you want to be part of that. Who are you talking to? Who's your customer? And really understand who you want to go after. And that could be a really small, diverse group of people because it'll grow from there. I love that. The three, the three C's. Okay. So just up to this point where you actually have a product you're proud to go pitch to people. What do you think people should expect to spend on that kind of R&D? And I know this is a loaded question, right? It's all over the place, depending on what they want to do. But are we talking like, can you do this for five grand or should you make sure that you got 50 grand set aside just to get it to this point? I mean, I think 50 grand is a reasonable number to start any type of food product business or, or product-based business. It could obviously be hundreds of thousands. Yeah. Uh, it depends where you're you're able to start, but I think knowing what your opportunity looks like will determine whether or not you want to go out and really help raise additional funds to build something uh, more. Meaningful. And when people hear that, you know, fifty thousand dollar number, they don't have to hit stop and quit right there, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's the first time you might go and get a little friends and family money or an angel investor or someone who believes in you. Yes. Yeah. And and you know what? If if you're uncomfortable and you don't want to dial it in, it's it, it can be a side hustle. You know, you yep. start on the build towards inch your way your there. Goal. There's never an excuse, right? If you have to inch your way there, inch your way there. All right. So you get this to the point where you're proud of it. You go, yep. you pitch Rob. He's like, All right, I'm in. And then you realize I need to go out there and raise some money. Now you did this like a champ. I remember we went from being introduced to um, saying, yeah, you know what? You got a little bit of time to make up your mind on, on how much you want to invest. All of a sudden, Chris, this blew up. All these celebrities want in. You got like five minutes to let me know what you guys are, are, are going to be in for, which I'm so freaking grateful. I've got to tell you that you, you still allowed us to be in because we're talking the likes of, uh, you know, like Marcus Limonis from The Prophet, um, Joe and Nick Jonas, Travis Barker, of course, Rob Deerdick, my buddy, Lewis Howes. This is a hell of a lineup of investors. How did you tap into that celebrity investor market? I mean, again, it's, it's surrounding yourself with the team of people that bring strategic value. And for me, that was Rob and his team. You know, Brian Atlas, his COO and uh, President DM, uh, Derek Machine, uh, was able to really leverage his network to get me in front of some key people to have conversations. And then really the idea and the concept was so appealing to them that it did, it, it did a lot of 
the work on its own yeah. in this particular case. That's not always the case. Um, but I think surrounding yourself with people that can put you in the right position to have those conversations. Um, a lot of times in other businesses, I've, I've worked with private equity. Mm-hmm. Um, there are much larger asks when working with private equity. It's, it's definitely more of a, you lose some control in your, in your, your, your vision. But um, for me, I love the idea of strategic angels. Yeah, It's, it's great. I love that. For those that don't understand, strategic angel investors are not just individuals with, with money, but yes. that means they strategically have something else to offer. Maybe expertise, maybe a, a huge audience, maybe they help with formulation, but they're a strategic investor, not just somebody with money. Yeah. Is that and a must, me, by the way? If you're going to raise money, do you think it has to be strategic investors to, to really have a good shot at this? No, I don't think so. I think if you believe in your product and, and there's money available to get you there, then I think that's okay. Also, every, everyone's business journey is going to be different. Having a strategic uh, investor is, is going to put you a little further ahead. You know, I, I consider the arrangement with Rob that I was on third base when it came to raising money because of his network. And he brought a tremendous amount of value and, and, and this, his ecosystem came to play. What do these uh, conversations look like? So when you're, when you're going and you're talking to Jonas Brothers or you're going and you're talking to Marcus Limonis, who's literally built an entire brand out of negotiating equity and investing, what do those conversations look like? Are you like, ah, no problem. I got this. Or are you slowly sweating through your clothes? Oh, yeah. You're soaking wet. You know, <laughs> you get two t-shirts and... Uh, no, I think... Um, and that's the crazy part, Chris, is that this was done through COVID. So it was done yeah. over Zoom. Um, with the exception of Marcus, Marcus was an interesting story. You, do you have time to hear oh, the story? Yeah, you got to share the Marcus story. So Rob gives me a call. It's about 1130 on a Saturday. Okay. And um, nobody was home. My kids were out. Uh, I was working around the house. I was a sweaty mess. He was like, hey, what are you doing? I said, I'm working on the house. Marcus Lamonis is really interested in the product. And Rob had done a lot of conversations with Marcus Pryor. He's really interested. He wants to try the product. Can you get it up here? And I'm in Orange County and Marcus was in LA at a studio doing some work on a Saturday. And uh, I decided, I said, Hey Rob, I'm not going to get a courier. I'm just going to drive it up and I'll drop it off at the studio at, at the front desk and leave it there for him. Okay. I'll meet you there. And I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> So now I'm like, I'm like a sweaty mess. I jump in the shower, I throw clothes on, I get in my car, I drive up to LA and it was like the parting of the seas. There was no traffic. Which is so rare. So rare. So I just, I I get there in like 45 minutes, which is, it's unheard of to get to to LA from Orange County in 45 minutes. And I pull up and there's Rob and he's got, he's got his mask on and he's ready to just get, get in the studio and go find Marcus. So we go in, we're, the two of us are wandering the studios trying to find Marcus. We finally, we hear him in one of the, uh, one of the uh, studios and we waited for him to get done. He comes out and it was like the, the 10 minute pitch face to face. It was obviously him trying the product was his most interest. Yeah. And, you know, our plans for growth and success and where the platform had its strengths and, you know, why we wanted him as a partner and, and, uh, you know, it was a few more weeks after that of, a, of some back and forth deal points, but he was really excited about the idea of anything to help get your mind right. You know, I think one of the most 
important things people can learn is what makes others say yes. What do you think made him say yes? What was that moment or that piece of data? I, I just personally think it's, it's the unique selling position of the product, right? And it tasted really good and it delivers on, on what it says it's going to do. We're, we're using ingredients that are backed by science that help elevate your mood, reduce your stress, give you energy and, and help uh, address your focus. I love it. Okay. So now you got this lineup of celebrity investors. Obviously that brings um, a lot more exposure as they share it. So that's one of the advantages to strategic investors. So everything we've talked about up to this point has been, hey, this is going pretty well. Tell me about a wall kicking moment. What has not gone well in trying to get mind right off the ground? Yeah, I think um, understanding how to weaponize, mm-hmm. I guess I'll use that word, your strategic partners. Yeah. You know, how Tell us make about this. Sure, yeah, how do you make sure to use your assets and, and, and put them to really, really put them to work? Because we went out and we, we said, hey, Joe Jonas fans, Joe Jonas is involved. Nick and Kevin and the Jonas Brothers are here and Rob Deerdick and Marcus Limonis. So all of a sudden we have three very diverse segments of customers yeah. in marketing fun. Yep. Very diverse. And Joe's fans are here for Joe and Marcus fans are here for Marcus and Rob's fans are here for, for Rob. And I'm not sure they're here for mine, right? Yep. So I think for us, it's um, how do we use our assets to build our community, our actual community that is going to be most interested in our products. And how do you do that? So what are you slowly doing? And I think so what we're slowly doing is, is you know, we talk about Chris and Lori Harder quite a bit because we are focused on the personal development community and uh, entrepreneurs and really supporting that lifestyle. And that's our core, you know, minutia group that we really want to grow and, and, and have them be part of our, our community. Um, so we're, we're retargeting and, and having conversations and, and, you know, looking at people who are following yourself or Lewis, um, and even Rob now as, as Rob is building out his entrepreneurial community, it's really understanding like who's, who is this product is going to make most sense for and building around that. And then everything else starts to flow into place. That's amazing. I love that. It's really smart. In other words, here's these big pools of individuals. Of course, not everyone is going to be there for mind, right? But it's fishing in that pool to say, hey, who else would be interested in something that's going to help you perform better and, and kind of dragging them into your new pool and then saying, here's what we have to work with. So, and then I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to spill the water out of that pool. So how do we also talk to the people now, now they're here? Mm-hmm. How do I, how do I communicate with them to help them understand that, hey, this is a great product and this could make sense for you as well. So we're looking at ways of doing that through, um, through our marketing as well. What about production? What about uh, logistics? All those things. Yeah. Has that been a breeze for you because you have expertise on this? I, I do have expertise there, but I, I would say like if you're, if you're developing a product, you're going to want to interview a lot of different manufacturers. You're going to want to make sure that you know, while you're getting started, you're going to need smaller minimum order quantities. Mm-hmm. And a lot of larger manufacturers don't want to do that. No. You're going to have to find a really good balance of, of a manufacturer who, who is able to do smaller but wants to invest in you as, as a brand so that there's scalability and, and for you to grow. Um, logistics, if you're capable of, of starting small and either you know, shipping out of your garage or a small warehouse, that's great. A 3PL is sometimes more 
uh, expensive, but just from a functionality standpoint, really can help to develop your business rapidly. And another really important strategic partner to have is your logistic company. If you, if you decide to go 3PL, because if you find the right partner and you uh, spend the time developing that relationship, they can really help you to build out your flow of, of products, your, your hierarchies, uh, how you're shipping, uh, finding cost efficiencies. Shipping and logistics are where the money is made in your business. And if you can't figure out how to be efficient in that area, you're, 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 I don't want to say you're going to, it's going to be much harder to succeed. You need is to it, need is have it, that figured out. Is it fair to say um, you should expect to lose money on because of those things for the first year or two? Bake that into your financial modeling and just get to the point where you have enough sales where finally you can do larger order quantities? Or is that a losing formula from the beginning? You know, I think it's trying to find a balance. Like I would, I would be um, sensitive to your margins, but also, you know, you're not, you can't expect to make a ton of money the first year. And I right. think positioning your product to, to sell first and build visibility and drive trial is number one. And if you have to have a tighter margin to do so, then that's part of building your business. What, uh, what kind of margins should someone be going for if they're going for a, any kind of food or, or beverage product? After 3PL, after shipping, after all that stuff, what kind of margins should they be hoping for? I mean, ideally, 70 plus would be fantastic. But I think that um, 50, 55 is, is very, very functional. Okay, perfect. All right, so what's next for MindRide that excites you? So my next thing are, are launching these next uh, this next round of products. Um, we've got several things coming. Uh, one of which is this new brain booster that is meant to uh, be an additive to your coffee, which features an ingredient that enhances your brain's BDNF, which is brain derived nootropic factor, and it's what helps to enhance your learning, your memory, your focus. And uh, I've been on it now for two three weeks, and it's like. If there's been a day that I didn't have it, I was like, I got to get it. Where is it? I, I got to get it. I need it. And I it's, uh, it's great. It's, it's, um, it's an incredible ingredient paired with some of the other um, herbal mushrooms and botanicals that we've been using to enhance energy like cordyceps, uh, lion's mane for focus and immunity. And then pairing it with traditional superfoods like cacao, and cinnamon, which help to increase blood flow to the brain and have a ton of antioxidant properties themselves. That's amazing. Okay. So I would be remiss if I only talked about business and not about balancing family and business because the bulk majority of individuals listening, you know, they're, yep. they're balancing both. And not only have you recently celebrated your 14 year anniversary a couple of months ago, congrats, by the way, Thanks. it's a big deal. Um, but you've got four children. I know. What are it's so on balancing all this? That's a pretty big, busy family, man. A busy family. It's not easy. It's not easy. And I think, um, you know, I actually really love talking about this because it, it lends really well to what we call this, this mind right mentality and this mind right movement. And for us, you know, there's this cancellation of the hustle culture, right? And it's like, you know, this, this culture of burning yourself out to achieve your goals. It's not, it's not right. And we do agree to, we, we agree with that to a certain extent. We call our community and ourselves happy hustlers. And we know that, you know, our craft and our trade is as important as 
the time and energy that we put into our personal lives and our family. And I think for me, that reality came to light very quickly in my marriage, fortunately, because uh, I, I was just, I was a gunner. Like when I met my wife, I was at the top of my game and I was just running and gunning and just work for me was my life until I met her. I put her into my life We put our lives together. And the one piece of the formula that was missing was that I needed to take the energy and put it into my marriage. Mm -hmm. And I remember maybe it was a year and a half in where, you know, she was like seeing this, this trend where I just was going, 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 going. She had left this thing in my car on my, on my, um, on my dashboard. And I picked it up and it was a piece of paper and it said, no amount of success can measure failures in your home. Oh, wow. And that hit me hard. Yeah. It hit me hard. And I put two pieces of tape on it so I can keep it for as long as I could keep it. And, um, you know, we talked about it and I, I realized like that, that balance and that importance is something that I didn't have as a kid. And I really wanted to make sure that it was in my marriage. And I was really fortunate because, you know, we're, we, communicate as well as we can as married couples can. So it's a lot of work and we, we do a great job at it, but her calling me out on that and, and setting me on that path was, was really impactful for everything that came next. And, you know, at the end of the day, if you win at work, but you lose at home, I think it's what? that's not a win. Nope. That's a, that's a loss. Yep. That is a loss. And, um, understanding your, your, your worst case scenario. And that's, you know, if I lost everything and I still had my family, I'm still winning. I'm still winning. And I love that. And I, and I, that's just my bottom and I just build from there. So I want to make sure that I'm raising healthy individuals, that I'm putting care and, and, and energy into my marriage and my wife. And it's just, it's that happy hustle. Yeah. You know, what's amazing is it's really where you put your priorities. What, right. what are you going to put on the pedestal first and then build around that? I've got a buddy, Kyle. One of the things he teaches is you don't have to sacrifice your balance sheet at home for your balance sheet uh, at work, right? And it's such a great statement because yeah. that's what too many people do. So what are some tactical things you do to make sure that you are keeping everything at home a priority instead of letting work seep into it? Because people hear you say this and they agree like, yeah, that's what I want. I want my family priority. And of course, you know, I, I want to be happy at home first. But then they go right back to their same shitty habits. So what are a yeah. couple of things people can actually do? Well, I think number one, as part of this, because not everyone's married, not everyone has four kids, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think putting the energy into your personal health and development is extremely important. And I think making time at the cost of a, a, a meeting or getting up early, like, you know, for me, I made the shift to start waking up at 5 a.m. because all of a sudden my productivity and my ability to do something for myself became available. Yeah between the hours of five and six and six 30. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I never prioritized that. And that was a game changer for me. Do you go to bed early then or no? Nine 30, 10. Oh, good. You're getting eight hours. Yeah. Yeah. So we get eight and you know, sometimes it creeps away from us. If you know, there's something we want to dive into on Netflix, but, um, I think that's a really important one. Um, exercise, um, finding your thing, like, we, we got a sauna recently and I love that thing. And it's a great place to meditate or read or catch podcasts. Um, but the key thing is if you have someone else in your life is understanding what their needs are. And this is something that I've also needed to work on for myself and for my wife, 
her needs is quality time. Yeah. You know, I, my, when we talk, I, two grown men talking about love languages, but mine is acts of, like, I give acts of service really well. Like, and that's I, how like, you want to receive them as well or no? Um, What's, what love language do you like receiving? I, I think mine's quality time too, or, or, um, you know, I like to feel loved and or appreciated. I think that's, that's important to me. And I don't, I don't need a lot of it, but like, I, I like that, but I like, I'm really good at acts of service, doing things for other people. I love stopping to help other people and, you know, making sure my wife and the kids are taken care of is really important to me. But for my wife, that's great. Thank you. She loves it, but she needs quality time. And that's me making the time for just her and I yep. and the kids and no work talk and just a break date nights. Uh, it's, it's key. And I think understanding what your partner's needs are clearly yeah. it's everything. And that's, that's, that's a clear path to success. It'll, it'll, it'll make or break you. And it also seeps over into work. Like that's a great policy for understanding your partners, your, right. Your, your coworkers, your team understand what their love languages are too. Because if someone's words of affirmation and you think, ah, they, I'm a great partner because I'm working my tail off for them. That may not translate into what they need to stick around and do a good job. So it's great at home and it's also great in a boardroom. I recently hired a friend uh, from my past life that has gone on. He's developed his career and he's, he's in a really great place. And we brought him on to help with our growth strategy. And when we first started talking, he clearly laid out like boundaries and goals and what he needs. And it was so like I'd never had a conversation with a potential employee that it just, it literally changed everything for me. Yeah. <laughs> like what you just did is exactly what I'm going to do for everyone we hire. Because it was so clear. And so I can't fail with you. Mm-hmm. We just got to stick to this plan. Communication, it, it fixes everything. By the way, you forgot one. I think the last tip is people need to go get some mind right. Good mood, superfood. Like, can you possibly have a bad relationship if you're eating good mood, superfood? Is it possible? I think it's impossible. Yeah, I yeah. think science would probably somehow back that up very loosely in a gray area. Taste good, feel good nutrition. <laughs> and listen, where should we follow you and where should we get our hands on MindRight? So right now we're available at getmindright.com or on Amazon. All right, so I'm going to do something fun. You don't know I'm going to do this, but for the first 20 people that tag at get underscore mind right on Instagram and myself with your favorite takeaway or share the episode, tag both of us and I'll, I'll send the first 20 people that do that to a box of mind right um, in order to get it in their hands. And all right, so last question for you, Bernie, if you yes. got time for one more here. Of course. You've had a lot of success in your career. Yeah. Um, and our tagline for the show, we talked a lot about generosity and doing good things for people. Our tagline is when good people make good money, they can do great things. What is something great you've been able to do for somebody or for a cause uh, being that you've had good success in your life? Yeah, we're part of a, a, a foundation through our church that um, um, helps foster children prior to them ending up in the actual foster care system. It's called Safe Families. And we have, you know, kids stay with us for as little as a day to help out their mom who's struggling uh, to as much as two, three, four months. Wow. Um, yeah, it's, it was something that my wife brought to the table and was like, I really feel this is a powerful thing. We have the ability to do it. We have the space. It's a way for my kids to get involved and be as charitable as we can be. And we bring these kids in and we're not trying to fix their problems. We're just trying to give them 
an oasis, a break from all their shit that they're dealing with. And we just, you know, we do it once every two months um, or whenever something pops up or, or someone's in need. And it's, it's a really amazing program. It's called Safe Families. Uh, it's, it's through a greater program called Olive Crest. And it's, uh, it's something that we're really proud of. And, and we just, we love it. We love it. Dude, that's cool. That's cool. That's really cool that you guys do that. I mean, that's not easy. You already have four kids. You have no. your family structured. So to invite people in, whether it's for a half a day or a couple days or weeks, that's not as simple as, as one would possibly think. So that's really cool that you guys do that. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, everybody. So first 20 people share this episode. Tag. I mean, you, you probably don't want to be tagged yourself, do you? It's, no, just let's focus on mine, right? All right. So you tag know. at get underscore mind right and myself. Uh, I'll send you guys a box of bars. And Bernie, I can't thank you enough for being on, man, and, and for letting Lori and I participate in this company. Uh, it's fun. Uh, we get an education by learning how you market, how you launch, how, you know, being able to see inside the gears, so to speak. So just know that we are beyond grateful to uh, be a part of the MindRight family. Thank you, Chris. We appreciate it. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.